Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach Brendan Sir, presented by Coaching You Plus. Our guest today, Sean Sweeney, who is one of our incredible faculty members at Coaching You, has appeared the last two years. I find Sean to be one of the great teachers in the game right now. He is an absolute rock star. Uh, I think you're going to find, uh, as far as podcasts that I do with coaches from everywhere at every level, to me, I loved it because I was talking to someone that was delivering a master class in preparation, teaching, preparation, and humility. But man, you talk about someone with competence in his subject matter area, unparalleled. So after we hear from our different partners, come back, Sean Sweeney will absolutely wow you. I'm so excited to announce our new partner, Instat. Instat is a powerful web-based platform which enables you to store, edit, and share video linked to statistics. Their video database contains over 30,000 player profiles and nearly 7,000 team profiles. Thousands of basketball games from all over the world are uploaded daily, with many of them filmed exclusively by Instat. Instat's user-friendly interface is very intuitive. The flexible filtering system will fit the needs of coaches at all levels. You can sort through specific play types, locations on the court, lineups, and various other parameters. The Instat system contains multiple tools that clients from all over the world utilize for scouting, recruiting, coaching and player development, video editing, and tagging. They also take an individual approach to each client. The wide network of Instat account representatives allow Instat to best serve their clients 24-7. Also, Instat production specialists will provide you with a quick and precise breakdowns of your team and opponents in less than 10 hours. Need a certain game ready sooner? Instat gives you the ability to prioritize the specific games you want the data for first. Instat also provides free individual player access. So feel free to invite your players to the Instat platform so they can access their page, follow their performance, scout opponents, and share clips with other players and coaches. After each game, they can receive an individual one-page PDF report and video clips with all box score statistics. For more details, please visit instatsport.com forward slash basketball. Again, that is instatsport.com forward slash basketball. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined a shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program 
to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that you that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in for to Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Coaches, are you looking to take your game preparation to the next level? Then Fast Model Sports is the perfect coaching software for you. With FastDraw, build an organized library of plays and drills and create professional playbooks to share with your players and staff. You can also download over 9,500 free plays and drills from our playbank directly to your FastDraw account. Looking for a better way to build your scouting reports and want to include video? With FastScout, build custom scouting report templates to prepare your team best for each individual opponent. Plus, did you know with the latest Updates from Fast Model Sports. You can now include video with your Fast Scout reports and share with your coaches and staff all within the Fast Scout mobile app. The combination of Fast Draw and Fast Scout is by far the best way for you and your coaches to create winning game strategies and effectively communicate them to your team. Over 10,000 high school and youth coaches trust Fast Model Sports products to help their teams reach their goals. To order, Go to FastModelSports.com. Use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any FastDraw or FastScout products. Remember, go to FastModelSports.com. Use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any FastDraw and FastScout products. And welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir, and today, Sean Sweeney, the top assistant, I always say top assistant, to Jason Kidd with the Dallas Mavs and uh, a tenured faculty member now of Coaching You uh, is our guest. Sean, welcome, yes. my friend. Hey, thanks for having me, Brendan. You're almost getting your doctor because you've come to Coaching You now a couple <laughs> of years in a row. But, uh, you know, um, you know, we were talking off air, you know, you're one of the best clinicians I've seen in years. and uh, Thank you. You're an incredible teacher. And I I came up, you know, through the UB Brown, Mike Fratello era, when that's how we we learned at basketball camps at five star, we learned as teachers, we had to do teaching at stations and stuff. And so that was the only thing we knew. And teaching was of such a premium, especially for someone like UB and Mike. Um, When did you, when, how did teaching how did that happen for yourself? Because it's a, it's an art form. It's an incredible talent. Yeah. Well, you, you know, for me, and you brought up those two guys, and I've watched their clinics, their clinic videos. Um, you know, Hubie Brown, how to win less, win with less talent. Mike Fratello, planning practice. I've talked to both those guys about how they, you know, taught and coached and did their clinics, and so you know, try to directly learn from those two guys amongst others, and then. You know, for me, one of the things that really stood out and you talked about coaching and teaching and to me, they're one and the same. Mm-hmm. And the way I try to break it down is there's learning behavior, learning content and teaching behavior. So how do they learn? What's the content? 
And that's going to dictate how I, as a teacher, apply it to, you know, the student. Then, you know, obviously there you're trying to get them to understand it, grasp it. If they have gotten to a certain level, perhaps challenge it and then apply it to the floor. So that way they can do their best on the court. So that's how I've always tried to understand and grasp, you know, coaching and teaching is that simple learning behavior, learning content dictates teaching behavior. So when I came into the NBA with UB and Fratello with the Hawks, got it 43 years ago, and I didn't know anything about the NBA. Didn't know what the hell I was doing. Didn't know the rules. Nothing. It wasn't on TV hardly. And I'm I'm coaching in college, and I could care less about NBA. I didn't know what the hell was going on. We only had two assistants, me and Fratello, uh, not as opposed to the mega staffs now, and. and <laughs> Uh, you know, I had, you know, and I had to be the advanced scout, a bench assistant at practices. And oh, by the way, I was in charge of the college draft because we had no college scouts. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that's the way it was yeah. back then. All hats. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but it was a great way to learn. And, uh, so by doing advanced scouting, I got to learn about what every team is doing. It really progressed me in my learning. And then I saw, God, Everyone in this league is fantastic coach. And I like so many things they're running. And I know in your prep for games, you know, when you're, when you have to dive into preparation, you really Mm -hmm. have to learn the other guy's system and his philosophy. Correct. Right. So when you see so much of that, you, a lot of times I would say, God, I love that. I'd love to use that with us or, what can we steal from them? And I think the NBA has been great at that. Talk yeah. about, um, first of all, in your preparation, when you're preparing to, to do a scout for a team, how does that work? Because I think the, I found the college prep and the NBA prep is night and day. Yep. Yep. So, you know, to me, the way, the way you approach it is obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, General rule for me is I look at from a defensive standpoint is what is our system? And that's not going to change any game. That's going to be mm-hmm. the same. What is going to change is potentially what we have to game plan for. So from your system, then you go to your game plan. And that may be for a certain player or a specific type of action or set that a team runs. We may have to do something different than we typically do in our base system. And then from there, you go to the player tendencies. And those are going to change every game, every player, sure. you know, every team's going to have different players. So that's the pyramid for me is it's the system at the bottom. Then it goes to the game plan. Then it goes to the tendencies at the point. And we're always trying to figure out how do we stay as much to our system as possible? Then what do we have to game plan for? What can we do to adjust? What do we have to have ready as a possible adjustment? And then get to the tendencies of each player. And we're always trying to play those tendencies as well as we can understanding, you know, what their strengths and maybe what their weaknesses are from the offensive standpoint. To me, it's always, who am I, who is my teammate, who's covering me, who's covering my teammate from the defensive side. And especially as it pertains to the tendencies, who is this guy and who are his teammates is really, really important. And that's going to dictate how you play those individuals. And then what you have to do potentially game plan wise to stop a certain individual or play and ultimately the team try to get them to do things that they don't necessarily want to do or do things that you are willing to live with. And if we were able to say, Hey, 
we feel like if we make them do this, they won't beat us. But if they do do that well, we're willing to live with that. And then there's certain points in the game we've got to have plan B, plan C ready to be able to go from there. So that's how I try to approach it from a defensive standpoint, um, you know, going into each game. That's really good. Let's talk about what really happens during the season. You're playing on a Tuesday night at home. Mm-hmm. And you have Monday practice because that if yep. you get one practice before a game, hallelujah, right? Yep. Yes, yep. Okay. light a candle. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we do that day? Uh, to, that day because you have a shoot around maybe the next day in getting ready. What would you do? Let's say and and you name the team. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, or yep. any team. Yeah. Yeah, if we're getting ready to play a team like Denver, who's got, you know, Nicole Jokic, and we're getting ready to play them on a Tuesday, and Jamal Murray's playing, and they've got various other yep. know, great players on the offensive end. The things that we're trying to do that that day in practice on Monday are in preparation for that team, but it's more, quote-unquote, our concept. So we're not necessarily getting into the specific game plan a whole lot. Occasionally we will, and we'll say, hey, tomorrow and we will go through this again and shoot around we have to be ready to do this trap the post or you know how we're going to trap the post or hey we're not going to trap the post but here's how we want to play it and we will address it specifically but generally speaking in terms of our offensive and defensive concepts we're trying to hammer home our system and maybe some things that are specific pertaining to tomorrow's opponent and then in the shoot around, we're going to delve more into the specifics and get into the the exact details of what we're doing with that team. Um, you know, so that's that's how we try to approach it here. And in general, when when I've you know had my way on things, that's how I like to do it. Mm-hmm. And there are some times where I think it is good to say, "Hey guys, we're going to go through this thing that we're going to do tomorrow." Um, you know, a trap in the pick and roll or, you know, a certain switch scheme that we're going to use or offensively, this is something we're going to really try to exploit. And here's how this team is going to cover it. And I think the better the team is, the more the players appreciate and get excited about getting ahead of schedule, if you will, um, going into it. But for the most part, it's about us, quote unquote, and trying to make sure we're strong in what we're going to do and what we always want to do but we're tailoring it to that upcoming opponent. All right. So now on Wednesday, we're flying after the game. Let's say we go uh, a short flight, but we're not going to go to Dallas or San, I'm sorry, to Houston or San Antonio, but we're going to Atlanta relatively close. Yeah. And we're playing a back-to-back. Okay. So you have no shoot around. Tell our coaches what you would do on game day with no shoot around game day in the morning and depends on what your team and you know who they are in some ways but from my standpoint what we're trying to do in the morning is we're trying to get as much teaching done through video as possible so that's in the group setting in front of the whole team there's probably going to be a little bit of addressing the night before some corrections or some things hey guys and I'm big on this, Brendan, and, I, and, you, and you know this and you've done it. Here are some trends that we've seen from our team lately. Over the last five games, these are things that we're doing really well. we got to keep doing it, especially tonight against Atlanta. Got it. Hey, here's something that we struggled with last night or over the last four or five games, and we've got to get it cleaned up, and here's how we're going to do it. I think that's a big point is, you know, like understanding here's some things that we've done 
But if you're going to make a correction, giving the the next part of it and going a little bit deeper, getting that extra layer of like, here's how we're going to change it. As it pertains to Atlanta, we're going to go through what we want to do offensively that night on film, understanding how they are playing pick and rolls, how they are in transition. Statistically, if they give up a bunch of corner threes, here's how they're giving them up and here's how we're going to try to get them. Hey, this is a team that we've got to really attack the rim against, but Capella's going to be there. So these are the passes that we're going to have to make. If we have a shooting five in, here's how we want to space the floor to take that big guy away from the basket to give ourselves a better opportunity to get to the rim versus smaller defenders, something like that. And then we're going to go through the five or six plays that we're going to walk through and we're going to do that in the ballroom. So we're going to show them on tape. Hey, here's the things that we're going to go through tonight. We're going to walk through them in the ballroom. And the whole idea of when you walk through in a ballroom, as you know, is we want to get our body positioning and our talk right. So that way we're preparing ourselves for the, the game that night. We're not doing this for our health. We're not doing this to hang out and for the coaches to clap and the coaches to do it. It's for you guys who have to go out on the floor tonight to talk through what we need to do. And then the typical thing that I try to do after that is spend time with each individual players or either at the hotel, like if we're having a, a meal right after it or, right. or or that night at the arena, watching some, some specific individual tape or even texting those guys some specific clips and teaching points so we get a little bit of that one-on-one interaction on like, hey, specifically to you tonight, these are the things that you need to do. So for like Luka Doncic or – Reggie Bullock or any of our guys, you know, here's some things that we need to make sure we hit on um, going into tonight's game or have to clean up from last night's game. Things like that. That's fabulous. Matchups are so important in the NBA. Oh, paramount. And and the NBA coaches are spectacular at attacking matchups and creating Mm -hmm. matchups. And I think that, and and I think that's where our friends at the college level have trouble understanding that and it's easy to understand it's not as difficult to understand and and i think i always say our players excel at that if it's taught well and so if those guys can learn it your guys can learn it you know type of thing yeah how do you um when you go into a thing and let's say for instance we have several teams in the league that are switching one through five sure right how do you then as an example how how do you say, okay, here's what we're going to do to – and there's various ways to do that. You can attack either with a guy, if a big switching on to the guard, Luca, that yeah. he's the attacker, or obviously if Trey Young is switching on to the, your big guy, you know, that you're attacking the big on the switch. How do you determine that, or is it a player read or a combo? Well, I, you know, that's through your preparation, your film study from a start is – and again, going back to understanding who am I, who is my teammate, yep. if we know our team well and we've self-scouted well and we have a feel for what our strengths are, if we have a guy who's a good isolation player uh, and we have varying degrees of shooting on the floor, like us, for last, for example, last year in the playoffs, oftentimes we were putting five guys on the floor who could shoot the basketball. So we decided to try to pick and choose matchups that we thought were advantageous for us. And looking at how to exploit them in the areas of the floor. We can exploit them. You talked about Hubie Brown, get your grit, your best players shots where they're strongest 
Usually guys have two. They don't often have three. There's always one area that they're not as strong in. So get them in those areas. I think there's different ways to get more creativity into it, whether getting a little bit misdirection first, creative three-man games in the middle or the side of the floor to try to break or mess up the switch first. And then at the end of the day, and you know, you work for the man, but as Rick Majerus used to say to me, often quoting the great Chuck Daly, offense is spacing and spacing is offense. (laughs) Once we get our matchup the way we want it, now it's about getting your spacing the way you want it. So that way it's harder for them to put two guys on the basketball. And if they do commit a second defender to the ball, you can make the decisions and the reads that are appropriate. Let's take your prep. I thought you guys really excelled as the playoffs went along. How, talk about the difference when you're locked into playing a team for seven games in a mm-hmm. row, how it's totally different from what we do during a regular season. Talk yeah. about your preparation from, okay, we beat a team on Sunday. Now on Wednesday, we're going to open up the playoff series. Uh, what are we doing those first couple of days as far as getting them to unlock from the last opponent that you beat and now focus on the next one? Yeah. So for, from our standpoint, there's a, there's an immense amount of studying and it gets into that kind of around the clock film and statistical study and really trying to get honed in on all the nuances and specific things with those teams that are that team that you're going to play. And then from my standpoint, I always try to break it, bring it back to simple. How do we make this simple? So if we have three specific keys going into a game that we know we're going to get to versus a specific team. So, you know, if you're saying like, hey, guys, look, they're this in offense. There's their personnel. They do this really, really well. This is the way these guys do things, you know, and at the end of the day, we can sum it up by no transition, no threes finish plays or whatever it may be. If we can do these three things, you know, this is what's going to win this game. So like going against a certain team, that's a a high volume three point shooting team, a lead the league in three point shooting team. And they shoot it at a high percentage. We need to take away their three point shot. So that's the thing you got to get in your head first. Now here's how we're going to do it. Here's how they get their threes. Here's how we're going to take them away. These are the things we're going to do. Here are the couple specific things, you know, the couple, three things that we're going to put into this game plan that we haven't necessarily done before, or we're going to add that extra layer, you know, to your foundation. You you build a house from the ground up, not from the top down. So we've got our foundation in place. And here's something we're going to add on top of it. This next layer, and it all relates back to what we already do. But this is how we're going to do it specifically to that team. And then the other thing that you do a lot more of, as you know, is you take players in positional groups or specific smaller groups, and we're going to really get into what we need to do on both sides of the ball, how we want to attack them, where they're weakest, where they're strongest, and then vice versa on the defensive end. Here's the things that we have to be ready for, whether it be your specific matchups. Hey, you know, the the three guys we got in here, Josh Green, Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, you guys are going to be our primary wing defenders in this series. Here's the primary matchups you're going to have. These are the things that we need to do and make sure we're ready for with this team. And then after each game, you're just adding to that or subtracting from that. 
And because of playing a team once and then twice, or for us, like six times in the first round, seven in the second, you can really get deeper into it and add a ton of different, you know, pitches or punches that you want to throw because you know the team better as each game goes on. Do you find um, that your players, let's say you lose a game, you lose game one, you're on the road. Happens a lot. And not you, I mean, just in general, in the league. And you lose the first game. Do you feel, as a coach, that you're almost compelled to make an adjustment? Or not because you're doing it because it's politically correct, but we better make an adjustment because otherwise, shit, that didn't work the last game. Uh, Right, right, and, right. and And I think that, I don't think at all, the players, the good players on the good team, they don't go, shit now they're changing these guys don't know what they're doing i think they welcome it don't you yeah uh i absolutely i mean you you hit it on the head and i think you know i always try to think about if i were playing right what would i want to hear from my coach and then i go to and i you know here in dallas we've got you know one of the greatest players of all time in his position one of the greatest players period in the game and a guy who leads and understands people just in general at an incredibly high level. So he has a great feel for this. And I've learned from, uh, you know, Jason Kidd here, uh, you know, like the thing to me is, is we may not have to change a lot, but there is something we should be adjusting. If That's we a, lose adjustment. Yeah. Yep. And, and in three series in a row, we lost game one. Now we won two of those series and got to the Western conference finals, but th- you know, there is something that has to be changed and there's always a little bit of a new wrinkle that you can bring to the table while still saying we have to shore these things up. You know, in the in one of the series, you know, we 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 went with 12 different pick and roll coverages for one guy. He covered pick and rolls 12 different ways in the series. And so like that to me is not changing like hey fellas, if they get out in transition like this, we have no chance. That being said, when they're in the half court here are some different things that we're going to add to this package that we already have established. So I think there's always a kind of a give and take with that, but in general, we don't wait. I don't want to wait to make a change when a change is necessary. My thinking, Sean, uh, when I, when I was with UB and Fratello, they would just tell the players, this is what we're doing. This is it. You know? And then when I went with Chuck, you know, I'm coming right from those guys. And so he would say, how do you want to play this pick and roll? And I'd say what we do. And then we go to the first thing and I show him the play the Knicks are going to run. And I'm ready to say, and here's our coverage. And could, and Chuck goes, and this, because I joined them in January. Because yep. from Atlanta, because Dick Versace had become the head coach of the Pacers. And I was, I kind of jumped ship in Atlanta yep. and uh, a free agent. Uh, so what happened is uh, as I'm going to tell them the coverage, Chuck goes, Isaiah Lambeer, how do you guys want to defend it? I had never heard anyone ever ask a player, how do you want to do something? So I'm, I am in shock. I have no yep. idea. You know, I'm shit. I'm 20. Uh, I don't know. I'm 37 at the time. I, and I'm like, oh, shit, I've never heard anyone do that. And so I said uh, afterwards, I said, why do you ask him? He said, you ain't defending them, neither am I. He said, right. they're the ones that got to do it. Without and if question. they think it's not the thing to do, that's the way we're defending it. 
Because if yeah. it doesn't work, guess what? We can change it. And I mm. thought that was that was really good for me to learn. It was yeah. a different way of thinking. Totally yeah. different. And, you know, the thing to me, Brendan, is as you increase the performance pressure, so the further you get, the more pressure you have, the more there is a need to increase the safety, the psychological safety for people. And so that trust that you have with your players and your team is, you know, really, really important, especially the guys who are really committed to doing the things that you want from a program foundational level or the guys that have to carry a lot of the load as a coach, you want to know what they feel and what they think, and you want to be on the same page with them and vice versa. So that way, when we go into playing this game, everybody has a trust, a level of communication and a confidence that can ultimately put them in a position to succeed at the highest level they can for themselves. I love that. Style of play in the NBA now, so many teams play similar, if not, I almost want to say same style, but similar five-out type offense. Yeah. Easier to prepare than the maybe when you first came in the league where there were more set plays, uh, harder? What do you think? Or is it personnel-driven mainly, if your philosophy is intact? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I go back to what you said about matchups. The better the player, the harder he is to prepare for. The better the coach, the harder the team is to prepare for. And the NBA, the coaching is at a high, high level, and the players are at a high, high level. You know, so those to me are the two biggest things in terms of what dictates how hard uh, something is, you know, the degrees of it. Um, you know, I can, I can remember going from the co college to the pros and seeing guys like LeBron James and Dwight Howard at the time going like, <laughs> what do you do with these guys? Like, this right. is unbelievable. You know, when you watch them play after play, game after game, getting ready for them. And then to go back and watch these great teams, like when the Celtics beat the Cavs or the Magic, and to understand like just how truly remarkable those guys were as a unit Obviously, they had great players, but the, the the way they played together and how they did things was really, really impressive. And so that, to me, is the the, the biggest determining factors is how great the matchup, the the it's matchup driven in the player and then the coach. The coach is really, really strong in his set play design and how he gets a guy a ball in certain areas. That's harder. If a guy's really, really strong in how he flows into his offense, and the players are great in it, then that's harder. So I'm watching a game about three weeks ago, NBA TV. There's nothing good on TV, so I'm flipping on. And they got a rerun. Dallas at Brooklyn during the season. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the court is so damn dark, right? And, uh, and and I'm looking at it, and it's the third quarter. And I'm watching the game. It's, it's an okay game, but it's yeah. not a great game. And all of a sudden, they announced – uh, the announcer says, uh, there's Dallas trapping, uh, you know, KD. Uh, he has the ball at half court. It's the 59th time they've trapped him tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I, 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 uh, you know, I said to my, I almost sent you a tweet saying, Jordan rules, Jordan rules. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, and I thought it was brilliant. He didn't know, he really, not that he did you know, he he's like great, a lot of great players. He's unselfish. He passed the ball, yeah. but that's the intent. That was the intent.
But yeah. uh, how did you how did you come up with that? And 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 also, I give Jason credit for allowing you to do it because there's not a lot yeah. of people that do that in the league. Well, the the one thing about uh, Coach Kidd is he is not uh, afraid, right? So he goes into games and he is confident and um, has the ability to be unafraid of trying something new. Good. And so it's our job as coaches when we do try something new to communicate it and teach it in a way that helps the players relate back to what our principles are. So, for example, in that game with all the different traps that we put in, um, and the ways we did it, we tried to walk through and relate it back to this is the same as this. When we trap in this area, it's the same as this type of trap. And as you know, in the NBA, and I think in college and high school, you know, there, there, you can win a game with a Pearl Harbor mentality where you go in and you catch them off guard, drop bombs, and you can sneak a win doing something that's totally different because it's just not something that they've seen before. But to do that, you need to have a head coach like coach kid who's unafraid. And then he and the staff here can relate it back to the players in a way that is understandable. So they can do it as hard and as fast as needed be. That's really good. I really like that. You know, uh, one of the things that I, I I thought about was when we did it to Jordan in the playoffs, it was going into game four. So we yeah. were down 2-1. And, and when we tried to suggest this, this was Isaiah's idea, by the way. And when he tried, said, hey, this is what we want to do, there was no buy-in from – we had the two best defensive players in the league. And sure. Rodman and Dumars, those right. guys wanted no part of it. Yeah. Basically, you're saying you guys can't guard him. Yeah, let me guard my matchup. Yeah, yeah don't worry about me. You know, you know, we lo- we were up 17 or 19, and we lost by one. Don't put that shit on us. You know, <laughs> and and uh, and Chuck said, no, it's not going to work. No, we're not going to do it. He's going to tear us apart. You know, and he he fought it. And 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 I'm saying to myself, Chuck, you know, be you know, let the guys try, let him try it. But he knew his. Pl- defenders his best players were pissed off and he said mm-hmm. we're not going to do it and the other players said chuck let us try it so right. what they did is they committed to making it work and it was brilliant on his part because he told him there's no way it'll work right right and yeah. i said to myself by doing that you get them to double down they bought it. in they've totally yeah. bought in and yeah. i'm sitting over there saying oh let's you know <laughs> Uh, I, I was so wrong and he was so right, you know, right. which has happened often. You're going into <laughs> training camp in two weeks. Um, yep. Now it's three weeks of training camp, basically. Right. Or so, you know, we used to have 28 days when I first started in the league. How do you, this is when you have to do your teaching, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your heavy installation is early on in camp and we take the approach here of training camp lasts the entire preseason. Right. Now we may not practice as long as we do the first couple of days, but it is teaching, coaching, daily improvement. And so in my mind Even when you have an exhibition game that day. Yeah, right? absolutely. You're because not every guy is going to play the entire game or there's certain guys sure. that might 
have it off. And in general, we treat shoot around as a practice. Right. Now we're not getting taped. It's not full speed contact, but it is a way to sharpen teach. and improve. And yeah, I teach. love that. Yep. And so the preseason is no different. Training camp is no different. And we go through and we we take our um, you know, teaching progressions and we work them all the way to the first game. And along the way, we evaluate, we try to be nimble and understand, hey, we did this better and faster than we thought. We could go to something else. Conversely, we're not grasping this as well as we need to. We've got to spend a little bit more time on it. And that to me is where as a coach, you're trying to figure out what is practical and functional and ultimately the most impactful with the team in the preseason. So in, in, without giving anything away, would in your, in your philosophy, defensively, your foundation, how many pick and roll coverages will you start with as your foundation? We, yeah, we, we have two to three that are our base. Like, like if, if switching was one and let's say, you know, a, a drop coverage or. Yeah. Showing, showing. coverage. Basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we start with those as our base and then we build from there and our protections are the same thing. Here's our base protection. Here's how we build on that base protection. If we're going to an extreme pick and roll coverage, then we need more, you know, extremely aggressive pick and roll coverage and much more committed to trapping or something like that. Then we need to be much more committed to helping behind. And we try to address that. And basically, like I said, we start at the bottom and add layers to it. Great. Terminology wise, if you would explain to coaches, what does uh, protections mean? The, yeah, a that's of, the guys a lot of high school pick and roll. So, yeah. for example, if if the off the ball guys, right? Yes, and the and the in my mind, there's a couple things that are really important when you're talking about protections. Number one is if you're icing on the side, for example, pushing it towards the baseline, the big guy who's making the ice call is in charge of the talk. So if he says the sky is green, the sky is green. We do whatever he says. So if he says to ice, we ice. And then the other thing we teach is all five guys are in ice. It's not just the guy who's guarding the screener. The guys behind it are in their ice protection. So those three guys behind the basketball are in position to protect the two. And ultimately that big guy or whomever is making the pick and roll call guarding the screener in the situation um, as it relates to where they are in the pick and roll. That's that. That's fantastic. So what happens sometimes, and now, you know, you, you're getting, which I'm thrilled for you, you're getting interviews for head coaching jobs, which is, you know, credit to you and to Jake Kidd, and more importantly, your players, <laughs> you know, they're performing under pressure. And yeah. so that helps you. I don't want you, uh, you know, to get labeled as a quote unquote defensive guru, which you are, you're <laughs> super knowledgeable but you also are phenomenal offensively. Yeah. How does one guard against that? Not from a PR standpoint, but you, in your preparations, I used to talk to Thibodeau about this. And, and L. Frank, when he was at Boston also, they were Doc's defensive coordinators. When you 
get labeled as that. I used to think that Thibodeau, when he was coach of the year, his first year as a head coach in Chicago, it was because he knew the best offenses in the league yeah. because that's yeah. what he was stopping all the time. Yep. And yeah. so how do you keep current? I know you're a great learner. How do you keep current and how do you form then your offensive philosophy going forward other than yeah. everything that you do at Dallas? If that's a fair question. No, that's great. And I, you know, here from, from, for me, it starts with coach kid and Jason lets sure. me um, coach and teach in the role that he assigns. Uh, but going into each game, if I have thoughts, I'm able to communicate them in, in staff meetings. And, and from my standpoint, I try to take an offensive mindset to the defensive side, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. That's how I view the game. I view it from the offensive side and what players are doing and what teams are doing and those schemes. And you touched on when you have to try to figure out how to stop different players or schemes and they're very, very effective, that helps you understand what works and what doesn't. And then ultimately it goes back to understanding who your players and who your team is so that way you can teach and ultimately apply the things that will work best for your team, you know, but from my standpoint, just in general, offensively, you can break it down into some way, shape or form. You've got to run and space the floor. You've got to get penetration playing from the inside out. You've got to have an open man, easy pass mentality, because the more we pass the ball, the more we share it, the better we're going to feel, the better we're going to play. And then we've got to set and use screens in some way, shape, or form, whether it be pick and rolls or off the basketball. Mm -hmm. And then the last component is your shot selection. How do we get more and better shots than our opponent? You know, my goal is, as a coach is to get a great shot as soon as possible. Okay. So if we can get down the floor and get a great shot, we're taking it. Because that's the fun way to play. That's the, 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 the best way to play against an unset defense. And now there's certain times where you may have to take more time on the clock or you have a team that's built to, to play a little bit slower, and that's fine too. But generally speaking, like I said, I, I try to take an offensive mindset to the defensive side of the ball here in Dallas. Um, and oftentimes my responsibility is to think about and try to help coach our defense. I think that's incredible. Jason Kidd, who I've loved as a – I've known him since high school when he was out in Alameda, St. Joe's. And uh, I actually – brought Xavier McDaniel to his high school when he was, uh, when I was yeah. helping out at a shoe company and us coaching the Hawks. And so I've known Jay back then, watched him through his entire career. Absolutely. You can't be a coach and not love the way he played. Mm -hmm. um, you've been with him now in Brooklyn, Milwaukee and Dallas. Yeah. What are his best qualities? Uh, his leadership combined with his humility are pretty staggering. He is as strong a communicator um, as I've been around. And I think those things combined with his work habits l lead him to being such an exceptional coach. From a boss standpoint, he knows how to create chemistry and accountability within his staff at an exceptionally high level. And I think because of how he does that, it permeates throughout the team. Mm. And I think we saw that this past year. He, he's, he's so good at coaching guys in the way they need and will accept throughout the season. 
And I think that really, like all those things are kind of wrapped into who he is as a coach. And like, from my standpoint, I've just been fortunate to learn from him. Right. And seeing him in so many different situations now, given the fact that we've worked together here going on, I think our seventh year or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For him that long has been, you know, very, very impactful on me. You know, having been around Isaiah, you know, for 20 plus years, 30, now it's over 30, but we're actually working together for over 20 in different things, either coaching him or working for him. I used to tease him that uh, when I coached you, I was working for you. But uh, but one of the things about uh, Isaiah, I think he's so similar to Jason in that the the other players on the team, they just they just move to them to them like magnets and they believe in them and their trust factor of them uh, is absolutely staggering. And uh, I'm really happy the way every time he has a job, he keeps getting better. Mm -hmm. That's what it's almost like as a player, every time you make a move, you're better as a player. That's the object of this thing. And in another 10 years, he's going to be a, probably be almost a Hall of Fame coach, which is absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so thrilled for him. I'm, I'm really excited for you being with him. And and, and I think it's in, incredible for your growth. But uh, I, I'm buying stock in you, Sean Sweeney. Uh, <laughs> you, you, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're special, man. And you're one of the great teachers in the business. And, uh, and, and I appreciate everything you do for coaching you. You're really, really a great friend and a, and an incredible coach. So thank you, my friend. Nah, man, the feeling's mutual. And, you know, we learn from guys like you, you know, that's, that's my job is to try to understand what you did and, and what, what made you such a good coach and then try to learn and take the things that I feel like I can do and try to help apply them, you know, as best I can. Well, you're, you're special. I wish you the best of luck this year, you and the maps and uh, you got to the, Western Conference Finals, and Cuban has probably already told you. My friend Mark has probably said, we expect a little more next year, you know, well, which is great. You know what? And you, you, got, and you guys do too. Of the every year. Yeah, I, I remind them of that, yeah. But, uh, hey, thank you again, and uh, best of luck this season, Sean. All right, thanks, Brendan. Thanks, Sean. Unbelievable. I'll tell you, the thing I love about Sean Sweeney is every time I'm with him, as I did this year, we presented together, you know, out at Coaching You. Uh, every time I'm with him, we're talking ball with him. Uh, it ends up that we're learning so much. Uh, and that that's the type of relationships you want in coaching. Someone that you can have that helps you become a better coach. Uh, I'll give you a little tip that we didn't even refer to that he does. and And I really encourage you to do this. He has a group that gets together every couple of weeks of about six, eight, or 10 coaches. And we get on and we got about four or five subjects and we each share our philosophy. And you know what? The only, the only thing that you have to do is you have to participate and you have to share. And I'll tell you what, you walk out of there and the coaches that are on there, I'm not even going to name them. They're so darn good. I'm humbled to be on the pot, uh, on the group call with them. And that's how you learn. But you can do that with high school coaches in your area, uh, with college coaches. If you're an assistant college coaches, 
do it with us. You don't talk about recruiting or anything like that. You just talk about basketball, exchange ideas, learn so that you become a better coach. Until next week, this is the coach, Brendan Serra.